This episode is brought to you by Zencaster. Zencaster is the number one tool for all podcasters. You can record high fidelity audio between remote locations and get studio quality sound. Go to Zencaster.com and use coupon code that entertains for 20% off for three months or 20% off an annual plan. Everything is awesome is part of Courts and Parts, a podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, movie, and geek podcasts. Check out some of our other shows like TV Ate My Brain, Let's Chat with Revelin Friends, and Podstalgic at courtsandparts.com. This week's edition of Everything is Awesome, I am your host, Kevin. This is the show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. And as we are leaving the podcast festival celebration shows, um, we're still kind of in the moment of the Philadelphia Podcast Festival, because as of now, on June 29th, the festival is still happening. That's right. The festival, there's some, there's a show or two tonight, but things really jump into gear for the last weekend tomorrow at Tattooed Moms. Uh, with Doom Thugs, The Ghouls Next Door, with uh, Gabe and Kat. It's going to be a good weekend of shows uh, starting tomorrow. There's, I think there's some shows at the Troc all weekend long as well. And, uh, of course, Everything is Awesome is kicking off the last day of the festival at Tattooed Moms, 1 p.m., and it's going to be so much fun. Come down to South Street. You get to play some uh, games, Food Fright. It's going to be a series of four food challenges, and you can win cash. You can win uh, a gift card from Tattooed Moms uh, for drinks, apps, food, whatever. Uh, you can also win an uh, Escape the Room gift card from Mind Escape, Philadelphia on South Street's uh, Escape the Room adventure, you know? Um, we're going to have some awesome prizes to give away. We also have some awesome guests to sit down and talk to, uh, like Jacqueline Holloway, uh, who is a fight choreographer and stunt worker. Uh, it's going to be, I'm so interested in talking to her, especially since I have a, a small background in wrestling and kind of talking the differences between wrestling and um, and you know, fighting on TV, film, and stage, and whatnot. And then we have Kyle Harris, Philadelphia's own Kyle Harris, uh, who is going to be uh, doing some stand-up for us, and he'll sit down and chat comedy with us, and then we'll kind of pass the baton over to Full Belly Laughs, one of my favorite performers in the city, so so make sure you come out at least for that, and get there early so that you can watch our show. Uh, it's, and it's just a good day of podcasting. Go to phillypodfest.com slash schedule, and, um, and it's, it's just going to be a fun time. I hope to see you uh, on July 1st at 1 p.m. Um, it, it will mean the world to me. Come say hi. Make sure you say hi to me. I, I you know, I want to, you know, I want to talk to you. I want to meet the fans. So, come on out. It's going to be a fun time. I guarantee it. Um, but as I said, we're kind of moving our way out of the Philadelphia Podcast Fest 2018 celebration mode. And um, a couple, uh, a couple episodes ago, we aired our 10 years of Marvel panel from. The Great Philadelphia Comic Con in April of 2018 here, uh, and we were able to do it at Wizard World 2018 as well in Philadelphia, and that was like a that was amazing. Um, you know, Wizard World invited us to to come do the panel, um, and it was uh, in the, you know midday Friday afternoon, like uh, three o'clock in the afternoon, three thirty something like that, and um, we just had a, a huge turnout. I really like. I, we walk to the room, and there's like fifty to seventy-five people in the room, and I'm like, I look in, and the screen still shows the panel that was before us. I'm like, I don't think this is for us, man. Uh, and and Mike, who was was a part of the panel, he went in and checked with them, and, and he said, Hey, what are you guys here for? And someone said, We're here for the Marvel panel, and I was like, Oh my God, we gotta, we gotta like commit now, like we have to deliver. Uh, and I think we did. We I think we delivered on this panel. Um, I had wonderful panelists who, who donated their time, um, friend of the show, friend of the Philadelphia podcast scene, Ariel Johnson, who is the owner and operator of Amalgam Comics and Coffee House uh, in Philadelphia. Um, she is such a kind, kind woman who uh, donates her, her space to the creative arts, and, and a lot of times that's podcasting. You know, she's, She makes her venue available anytime that I request it. 
Um, she makes it available to the Philadelphia Podcast Festival. There were some shows there last weekend. So I, I just adore that she's so committed to, to promoting the geekdom and the nerdom and just a safe space for people to celebrate that stuff. And, and um, part of that's podcasting for me. So I, I really appreciate that she does that. Um, so she was a panelist and uh, we had Kate Sheridan, uh, who is a Philadelphia artist and, and comic book writer and creator uh, as part of the panel as well. So we had a great panel, a different panel. Um, me and Mike were, were repeats, but that's fine. And, and, we, and we were able, the important thing, we were able to spoil um, Infinity War. Uh, it had been two or three weeks since Infinity War had come out um, versus two days at the last panel. So we were able to dive deep into Infinity War and the, the audience was really engaging with us. And I, and, and, um, I love that we had a write-up in Temple of Geek. Uh, I'll have the link to the article in the show notes. But this um, wonderful writer, Maggie, um, wrote an article uh, about Wizard World. 2018 coverage. She did press coverage for it, and and she wrote a little, just a little tiny blurb um, about everything is awesome. Didn't mention me by name, but that's okay. That's okay. It's more important that she mentioned everything is awesome and linked us. More importantly, linked to us. Um, and uh, it, it's it was just so awesome. This was an amazing opportunity that has opened my eyes to the world of doing things at conventions. And, and we're, we're going to hopefully be at the Keystone Comic Con. I think we're going to be at Thy Geekdom Comic Con um, at the Greater Oaks uh, Expo Center in uh, November. So we have a couple more con shows coming up, and I'm really excited for it. And, and we're doing more. We're, we're submitting more ideas beyond our 10 years of Marvel. Uh, the 10 years of Marvel is going to, there's that, that clock is ticking. Um, at, and at the end of the year, we can't do it anymore. So uh, I'm, I'm really stoked for, for this new form of art that I get to create in panels and whatnot. And I'm hoping that I can slowly kind of move that into moderating um, guest panels where you know, maybe I'll sit down and talk to Stephen and Mel uh, at Wizard World one year and in front of all you guys and just be able to be the conduit for you guys is, is kind of where I, I hope to, to see my geek career take me. Um, and it all starts with um, the Greater Philadelphia Comic Con and Wizard World. Uh, you know, they they both said yes to a nobody, uh, really. At the end of the day, uh, some have even called me a third-rate Kevin Smith, and, and they said yes to this third-rate Kevin Smith, um, which you know makes me a first-rate Kev Gallagher. You know, it makes me a first-rate Kev me. You know, so I am so so happy to present you. Uh, this panel that took place on May 18th at Wizard World Philadelphia. I'm not going to come back on the other end. I'm going to let the, the panel take us to the end. So thank you so much for all the support you throw our way. I'm not going to uh, wax poetic about all the different ways you can support us. Real quick, thatentertains.com is where uh, all of our content is stored. But you can go to patreon.com slash thatentertains to subscribe to us for as little as a dollar a month and uh, get early access and exclusive content. Five star rating and reviews on iTunes helps us get in front of more ears so that more people are listening to us. And word of mouth recommendations. Guys, from the bottom of my heart, this has been, despite all the bullshit I had to go through the beginning of this year and the end of last year, um, with um, ex-podcast friends of mine, um, I was in a dark place earlier this year um, and I almost gave up on live podcasting. I almost said to myself, I, I'm just done. And, and that would have probably led to me not podcasting anymore, um, which is insane to me because this medium means so much to me. When I couldn't wrestle anymore, podcasting was there, whether as um, a fan or a creator. And the fact that I almost threw in the towel the beginning of this year to live podcasting, which would have ultimately not led me to doing these panels and not podcasting at all, is insane. So thank you so much for all the support and all the love that we, you know, just kind of share with one another um, in Philadelphia and in, in Pod and Family and all the fun places that we talk about podcasts. Thank you. Uh, for coming to these panels and supporting these dopey dreams of my, of mine, um, it it means the world. I I, I, just, I there's nothing, uh, no other way to phrase it. It truly means the world to me. Um, 
you know, because I'm just a, you know, fat kid from, from Philadelphia, you know, and, and I'm working on the fat part with Weight Watchers. But all right, I, I digress. Thank you to my panelists. Thank you to you guys. And thank you to Wizard World. Uh, we are part of the Core Temp Arts Podcast Network right here on awesomepodcast.com. And here is the panel from the 2018 Wizard World where we sit down with Ariel Johnson, Kate Sheridan, and Mike D'Angelo to talk about 10 years of Marvel, the MCU. Oh my God. Here it is right on awesomepodcast.com. We've been awesome. All right, guys. Thanks for coming out to the panel. Uh, we are going to be discussing 10 years of the MCU. I am Kevin Gallagher, the host of the Everything is Awesome podcast, uh, and I'm just a big old fanboy, really, at the end of the day. So I enlisted some people that have some more expertise in the subject matter than I do. So let's kick it off and have them introduce themselves and uh, give some plugs, uh, starting on my left with Ariel. Hello, uh, my name is uh, Arielle Johnson. I'm the owner and operator uh, and head nerd in charge at Amalgam Comics and Coffee House, located right here in Philadelphia. <laughs> uh, and I am very happy to be here today. Um, I'm Kate Sheridan. I make indie comics, uh, fantasy and D&D stuff mostly, just self-published, but I enjoy it. I play a lot of D&D, too, and uh, Marvel is what got me into comics, so I'm really excited to be here. Hi, everyone. I'm Mike D'Angelo. I'm Kev's freaking co-host for all his Everything is Awesome live events. Uh, I am the writer of Talos and creator of Quantum Quest on booth 1514 upstairs. Um, my books are kind of like medieval superheroes, like uh, Game of Thrones had a baby with Marvel, so... <laughs> Uh, so and let's just, you know, uh, instead of talking Marvel in general first, one thing we didn't get to talk about last time we did this panel was Affinity War. We did a pre-panel uh, uh, poll. Everyone's cool with us talking Affinity War, right? Yeah. Everyone's seen it? All right. All right. I thought someone was about to say they didn't see it. I was going to have a heart attack. All right. So let's, let's, let's kick it off. What do you all think of Affinity War? Yeah? Did anyone not like it? Whoa, okay, wow. I liked it, but it was kind of like, meh. Meh. It's draining, right? It's emotionally draining. It's a, it's a very long and exhausting movie. We saw it twice. We had tickets all three days opening weekend. And uh, my wife, she was like, I can't do it for a time. I can't do it again. What do you think? Um, you can go. Oh, okay. Um, Okay, so I saw it twice. So the first time I did not like it, I walked out mad. I was bad. I was like, what did I just like? Because we know we're going to lose people. And then, you know, in my nerd mind, I had already decided who that was going to be. And so nothing was what I thought. And so I was just kind of just pissy about it. <laughs> and so, but then the, I went and saw it a second time. And just, you know, again, so the shock of what happens, you know, is, is has kind of dissipated because I know what's going to happen and just watched it as a movie. And it was a solid movie. Uh, so that's not to say I'm, I am, it did not go the direction that I wanted it to go and thought it was going to go, but it was well done. And, you know, and watching it again, I see all of the hints to know kind of what's going to come after, or just kind of an inkling of what's going to come after. What were you expecting? Well, I mean, so I don't know exactly when people's contracts are up. Uh, they don't give me that information. But, you know, we know, we know um, uh, Chris Evans is on his way out. We know um, Ronnie, uh, Robert, Robert Downey Jr. is on his way out. So I was kind of thinking, it was like set up to kind of clear the board for the next wave. I was like, well, if Steve goes, um, Sam is there. You know, and for me, like, the comics are always first. So while I, I love the MCU movies, that that is like alternate universe to me because the comics are kind of what I go by. So I'm thinking, like, if you're setting this up for the next wave and if you're using the comic comics for that, there are places to go. So again, you know, Steve makes way for Sam. Um, uh, Tony makes way for Riri. Um, even if you want to say like Thor makes room for uh, Jane Foster, though I know people don't really like her in the movies. I've only seen 
the first Thor movie and Ragnarok. I didn't see the second. I didn't see. I didn't see the second because I didn't want to see it. I was like, no, the Thor movies aren't aren't grabbing me. But my friend was like, no, you have to see Ragnarok, and I was actually very pleased with that. Um, but I mean, arguably, even if they want to go another route, if they got rid of Thor, they could go Valkyrie because they introduced her, and that might even be you know something because people did respond positively positively to her character. So, um, and even with Peter. You know, we know Miles exists because we've met his uncle uh, in Homecoming. So I was mad about Peter, as I think we all were, because I think um, Tom Holland is doing an excellent job, and he is by far the superior Spider-Man. <laughs> um, and and I, so I was, you know, they we're in a universe where we know Miles exists, so we know that may happen, but I wasn't, ex you know, I just wasn't expecting it, not in this movie because he's, it's just too soon. Like, well, too soon. There's also that Homecoming 2 movie coming out. Right, and so that somebody else was like, that doesn't even make any sense because they have to start promoting Homecoming 2, but we all just saw, you know. Yeah, the dust. Like, the Infinity they Fade. Movie, they were talking about, oh yeah, Homecoming 2 is gonna open minutes after, like, before, like, are we gonna have a dustpan and a broke? <laughs> And that's my issue with, with Affinity War, is that there's, um, there's not a death to me that matters. And you can argue that the, the deaths matter to the characters, but as an audience member, like, I need to feel the, the character's emotion. And I don't feel it when I know Black Panther is going to have 17 more movies and right. Spider-Man <laughs> is going to have an, at least one more movie. Or, you know, so it was really hard to, to watch that film and, and the ending and, and buy the fact that I should be sad. Right. Despite Tom Holland's performance, like because that was that yeah, that was heartbreaking. Yeah, that he made me tear a little bit because of that performance. Like that was the only thing that was good about all these deaths we had, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think I think if they would have maybe gone with the people that we know are exiting, it would have felt a little bit more. Just like like with Logan, you feel that because you know Hugh Jackman is done. So that was like an exit, and yeah. so it didn't. The people that are gone, it's just, it's just like, what? And, you know, coming off of that Black Panther high, and I was like, how are you going to give us Wakanda and then take it right back? I was just, <laughs> I was having like a rough couple months here. Like, just give him a break. Yeah. He's having a rough couple of months. Like, it's not fair. Mike, let's uh, hear some of your opinions. You haven't spoken much about it for me. I mean, I, I really, I really dug it. Um, I would have seen it the third time, but we had. The, the panel at uh, Greater Oaks that day, so yeah. I needed a little bit of time, so I was like, we can, we can let this go, I'll save my money for Deadpool. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean it's a very, it's a, it's a tough movie to slog through on the back end, because, I mean, like you said, you know that the characters, they're not gone, gone. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a few that probably came in the beginning, before the snap, that yes. they're gone for good, I would imagine. You're not gonna see Loki, you're not gonna see Heimdall, you might see Gamora based on comments from um, the Russo brothers. So I don't know, and, and I, I would imagine that um, uh, you know they want to let go of Gamora in a movie that's not Guardians, something like mm -hmm. that. Um, but no, I mean for the most part, I, I really dug it. I thought it was the, the kind of movie that you do build forward into for ten years. That was, yeah. I mean, they, they do the event comics all the time, and I thought that this was this is more than we would ever see and, in our lifetime. And taking my my knowledge, my adult knowledge out of the fact that I know there's going to be sequels to these characters that, that dusted away, uh, it is like the empire of, uh, of Marvel movies. It's the Empire Strikes Back. It is a very like sad ending, which to me is like the greatest movie. Like when, when it ends in a sad note, like it, it feels, because nothing is always a happy ending in real life. So to have that kind of ending, uh, it, it feels kind of good to see that, especially when now we know and next year, we're going to see, you know, what, whatever we see, the resolution to this. Um, and, and what do you think, what do you guys think is going to happen in the next one? Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I do think, I mean, I think Tony is the key, right? Yeah. Um, just based on uh, when they're on the spaceship and Doctor Strange says, you know, when it, if it comes between you and this boy in the stone, I'm going to let you two die. And so, and then at the point where he could have let that happen, he stops Thanos and turns over the stone and, and then says, we're in the end game. So whatever, whatever the path is to winning, they're on it. And, and like Dr. Strange kind of opened that door. So I don't know, um, but I do feel like Tony is the key. And I think because of that, 
Tony is definitely done. Next movie, that is yeah. mine. That, and, and that's the only thing I can really, that's my only guess. And I think that makes a lot of sense. Tony and Robert Downey Jr. is the one that kicked this whole thing off just over 10 years ago. So uh, it feels really appropriate. As much as I kind of wanted to see him die in this in this one, uh, which sounds really weird to say. <laughs> but it, it makes a lot more sense for him to, to go in the next one because it started with him and should end with him. Okay. Yeah, I think like Tony's obviously going to have a big part of it, but I think Thor is a big part of it too because I think he's the only one of them left that probably has like the power to wield the Infinity Stones because the gauntlet's oh. basically destroyed, and Thor's as guardian, and you know we saw just in Infinity War he he can withstand like the actual power of a sun, <laughs> so he's probably like the best candidate for that. But something's probably gonna. I highly doubt they're gonna bring back Loki again unless they yeah. get Taika Waititi on Thor four or whatever, <laughs> which you know I would love. <laughs> Mike. See, I know too much. I, I look at all the set pictures and everything like that, so like I have to have like a tempered response here. Um, I, I feel like we're gonna see a lot of. I, I feel like if you're going to tell a story where Thanos is trying to balance the world and show the universe at harmony, we have to see either later on down the line whether or not he succeeded, or whether his experiment was a massive failure. So I don't think that we're going to have something that starts right away. I mean, Tony's not going to get back to Earth for a long time. Yeah, and that's but, he's stuck with, with, with Nebula. Yeah, and it's not like they, they do have the Benatar. They do have oh. the Guardian's new ship. So it wasn't like the Necro ship or the Necrocraft or whatever that she crashed. The Benatar should still be in you know a solid. I place. forgot about that. Good point. Um, but in my mind, what they're doing is they're they're ha they have to piece together life without these characters and and see you know. How does life go on? And to your point, I think we're going to see the uh, the Infinity Gauntlet again. It might not be the same gauntlet based on the fact that we saw the mold on uh, you know the, the dwarf planet and yeah. everything. So I think they're probably going to make a new Infinity Gauntlet because the old one's fried. Um, and I don't know if I buy 100% that Thor would be the only one. I like that I theory totally though. See Hulk. Yeah, no, I, I, the, the Thor argument holds up. That I, that's the first time I've heard something like that. And Hulk doesn't deserve to wield it. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. And like, what banner money? <laughs> <laughs> that is like, oh, he's so fragile though. Yeah. I, I, let a wield it. Yeah. Because yeah. she was given that mighty side eye the whole movie. I was like, yes. She's like, what's she doing up there? This whole time, I was just like, perfect. So. Did you have something to say? I just like, I, especially after the first couple of Avengers movies, like, you know, Thor would just get sent off for like a mm -hmm. half hour and do absolutely nothing of import for like the rest of the movie. So I love the idea that he had like a much bigger role and like more of a character mm -hmm. in Infinity War. And I hope that he does get something to do in the second one too. And I want to see more Thor and Rocket. Like that was such a yeah, great partnership, right? Like. <laughs> If they're not going to make any more Thor movies, I want Chris Hemsworth to go to the Guardians movies because yeah. that's just like a great team up, right, guys? Uh, Valkyrie too. They just yeah. get right in. Yeah, it's it's amazing what um, uh, Thor Ragnarok did for for that character because he it, I enjoyed the first Thor movie. Recently watching the Dark World again. Uh, you know, it's a movie. It's there. I thought it was, I thought I liked it more than I, than I did, but you know, I, I actually, Incredible Hulk is actually a better movie. I'll say it. Um, and, and but Thor three is just that the what they did with with that character is he make, it makes him way more interesting and probably my favorite character out of the MCU right now. Let's see, let's go. Who is who do you like to see in these MCU movies the most? Like, who's your go to character? Um, I mean, so. I mean, uh, Robert Downey Jr., um, I so enjoy him. And again, he did set this whole thing off. And, you know, we had Marvel movies that kind of missed the mark for one reason or the other. And then this was the beginning of, you know, Marvel Studios, MCU. And, and I think he captured the character of Tony perfectly. And I think, you know, some of that com probably comes from his own real life experiences with substance abuse and things like that. But I just thought this, it was like Tony just like walked out of the page. And I was like, this is perfect. And and even like my, my favorite scene 
I think in, in all of these move wall, top three. Because I, I don't like them Black Panther, but anyway. But when in Homecoming, when Peter's like, you know, if you really cared, you'd be here, and that suit opens, because I, I backed up, like, I was like, oh my gosh, that was such like a dad moment. It's like the way he walked out of that suit, like, I am here. I was like, holy crap. And I was like, that, I was like, that just like rocked me to my core. So I, I really, really, really do enjoy, um, really enjoy Tony, but then, um, kind of superstar in my mind uh, is Okoye. Like, uh, kind of Black Panther hit with a hammer, and the women in that movie were phenomenal. And I, I mean, I love Denai Guerra. Um, she plays Michonne on uh, Walking Dead. And one of the things I really respect about her is like she, she learns those weapons. Um, so she's trained with a katana, and she trained with that bow staff. Because in that fight scene, when they panel up and you see her in the dress and she's fighting, I was like. She really has that nerve. Like that is not a stunt double. That is her. Like yeah, she she's just phenomenal. I might have a crush on her. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I and I just really love. Um, you know, I love I love her character. I love uh, like her strength and you know just the love of her country and you know when Killmonger sat on the throne, she served him. But the second she saw, saw T'Challa, it was like, you know, the, the challenge is still on. We serve the king, and you haven't defeated him yet. And so, like, there's no question. And, and even when she um, uh, stands up to, uh, uh, what is uh Wakabi. Wakabi, thank you. Yeah, and, 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 and he, like, kneels. I was like that, and, and you know, I'm sure there are a, a number of reasons that he kneeled, just even out of respect for her, but I, in my mind, part of the reason that he kneeled is he knows he can't beat her in a fight. <laughs> 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 so that's like, in my, like, that's kind of where I go. So I just really, really love her character, everything about it. I love all of the Revengers. <laughs> my absolute favorite. They just all work so well together, and uh, Ragnarok's probably my favorite movie, too. And just, like, the way that Taika Waititi handles, like, Thor and Loki's sibling relationship. Like, Loki goes from, like, this, like, tragic Shakespearean-esque character to just this shitty little brother, and I love him <laughs> so much. Like, he just breathes such new life into these characters after, like, the dark world, which was just kind of there as a movie. Like, it wasn't fun, and, I mean, I remember back when we got, like, the first preview for, like, like, we got, like, the, uh, the title pre preview for Ragnarok, and we got that preview in um, Age of Ultron. Oh, yeah. And, like, it was, like, all this dark, like, scary stuff, and then Taika Waititi was like, no, we're doing sci-fi, we're doing rainbow, we're going to have a lot of fun. <laughs> and I just, oh, I love it. It's so great. So I like, um, I like the core three, uh, the, the core trio. We like uh, Iron Man, Cap, and Thor. I mean, those ones, I feel like they were made. Way to leave Hulk guys. out, man. No, I mean, he's not the core. I, I feel like we could set him aside. I mean, as a Revenger, fine, whatever. But he, he had a, a slow start as well. Um, but as far as like the, the new characters that have shown up, I really dig what uh, they did with Doctor Strange. His, his origin movie was kind of like a slow build for him. He didn't really have a lot of his powers. He didn't have a lot of his humor, but they really used him well in that brief snippet of Ragnarok, and he killed it in uh, Infinity War. Yeah. So I, I'm really excited for what they can do with him in the future after the unsnapping. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what they do with that. Um, I, I think I really that's the title of Avengers. Oh my god! <laughs> Please let that be the title. <laughs> I think what we're gonna do. I think they'll. I really want to see. I would have loved to have seen him, Scarlet Witch, and Loki in a movie together. That would have been fantastic. I'll settle for him and Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we're going to have to. Uh, well, who knows? They bring Loki back every now and then. So. We've already touched on some of our favorite and, and least favorite with Thor Dark World movies. Um, let's, let's talk about our favorite movies. Uh, I think mine's still... Wow, I think Winter Soldier is the probably the best Marvel movie. A lot of Winter Soldier fans out there. Uh, and it's just a movie that works on so many different levels as a superhero movie and as not a superhero movie. Um, it, 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 our buddy Gary describes it well as saying, uh, like, what, what, who really directed the, the, that movie? Because the Russo brothers did not do the same thing in Civil War and even in Infinity War, which I like both those movies, but they're not, they're, they're just not as good as Winter Soldier. Um, but I think my favorite movie is still 
the, the original Iron Man. Um, it's just, it's, it's what kicks everything off, and it's just, um, I don't know, I, I rewatched it recently, you know, doing these panels, and it still just holds up 10 years later. It's, it's an amazing movie. Yeah, um, I would say the uh, Iron Man, number one, because again, it, it, it is the thing that kind of sets the tone and kicks everything off. Um, uh, but, yeah, like, for me, Black Panther was just something on an emotional level. I literally, and I'm, I'm not uh, embellishing here, cried the entire time. The first time I watched it, I was in tears the entire time. I was just like over, I was just overwhelmed by everything. I thought it was um, just uh, Ryan Coogler, I think, is a genius. He is like three for three, at, you know, as far as like his major, his major releases. And um, I, just, I just think he, um, just gave life to these characters and um, just imagined this world um, and brought Wakanda to life. Like, what does it mean to, to mix the, the traditional with the modern? And, um, and just, you know, all the nuances like Shuri. I didn't expect to enjoy Shuri as much as I did. And she was like, ended up being one of my favorite parts in the movie. Yeah. Um, so again, and I think, um, you know, for the fact that it took them so long to make Black Panther one and then for it to come out and it just be this beautiful thing. And again, it wasn't just people supported it because it was black superhero. It was like, that was a good movie. Yeah. Like that was, a, that it was just, it was flawless. And so for me, um, you know, after uh, after Iron Man again, because it kind of sets the tone for this universe, it, it has to be Black Panther. Yeah, I think um, for me, it's just kind of a mix of those two, but with Ragnarok, like I, um, I really, I think Black Panther is probably the best Marvel movie, but Ragnarok's my favorite, and then a very close third would be Winter Soldier. I just like I loved Ragnarok, and I mean I love that my two favorite Marvel movies are the ones that have come out in like the last six months, and that makes me really excited for where the franchise is going to be going. But like Ragnarok was just like. It's so much fun. It's like extremely funny and colorful. I mean, I, I'm an artist, and like I, ugh, like the whole like Zack Snyder DC. <laughs> I just I hate it. Like, why would I do that when I could just like go watch Supernatural? <laughs> but like, like Ragnarok's just like, and Black Panther too is just like such like a colorful and vibrant movie, like full of these really interesting female characters and like. Oh, it's just so great. And Ragnarok also really handles like the funniness with um, these like stories of like how do you know who you are? Like how do you become who you are? And like also how do you deal with inheriting like this tainted sort of legacy from like your parents? Like how do you become a king in the face of that? And also like I'm a really big like mythology nerd and like the whole uh, parallels between like Thor losing his eye and gaining knowledge like Odin did in the myths was like a really cool thing for me. And it's also why I'm kind of mad that he got another eye. <laughs> it is a different color though, so we got that. That is true. It's, it's, a, nice, <laughs> like, it's a nice fire. little belly thing going on there. Um, I think, so my favorite and my, my what, what I think the best one is I've got the same problem. Winter Soldier, I think, is probably the best. Um, they did such a good job with it. You know, it's it's a movie that kind of you feel like it can exist outside the Marvel universe. Exactly, and still be fantastic. Black Panther is a cultural phenomenon. They did so many great things with those characters. Um, they really brought Wakanda to life. Um, but my favorite, I think, is Guardians of the Galaxy, the first volume. Um, I must have gone and seen that in theaters like five times <laughs> across multiple states. Yeah. We might have been on, no, it was, we weren't on our honeymoon, right? We Get to it. On our <laughs> watching Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, yeah, this is where I want to be. Um, and so I think Guardians is like top three for me. Yeah. Probably, probably the top one. Guardians is a fun movie. It's, I, that's why I like Thor Ragnarok, because it's in that same realm of comedy. And, and it's, um, yeah, there's, there's, when they can be funny like that, it's something different. Like, Guardians was different. Thor Ragnarok was different. Uh, Black Panther, different. Like all these movies that I think that everyone has as their favorite movies, especially one of the more recent ones, is because they're so different than what the MCU has given us in the early days. Yeah, they talk about like, uh, like superhero fatigue and everything like that. And I don't think that we've experienced that with the MCU yet because 
with, um, with Ant-Man, and even a little bit in Infinity War, we had a heist movie, we had the spy thriller with Winter Soldier, um, we had kind of like a Star Wars villain for the Guardians films, things like that. We really, I mean, we keep seeing new stuff from them. Yes. So, I mean, I feel like we're going to keep seeing that as they go, and we're, we're going to visit the 90s with Captain Marvel, something like that. So, I mean, well, so, and, and before we turn it over to you guys, if you guys have any questions that you want to ask uh, any of these knowledgeable people up here, not myself, obviously. Uh, but is where do you want to see the MCU go? We've been here for 10 years and we've seen a lot of things. Uh, can they do anything different? I think the answer is yes. But what do you want to see them do, especially now that we have the Fox merger going on, uh, that potentially? I need time for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my, my thing that I would love to do, I don't think they need to bring in the X-Men with the Avengers. I feel like it would just be too much. Like, Infinity War is already, like, such a big movie with so many characters, but, like, you know, if I could pick, I'd love to see, like, Guillermo del Toro adapt, um, I can't remember what it's called, but Mike Mignola did this, um, this comic back in, like, the 80s or 90s that was, like, Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom, and, like, Doctor Doom, like, becomes the Sorcerer Supreme, and, like, he has Doctor Strange uh, go help him, like, save his mother's soul from hell, and it's just, like, a thing. Her name is Martha, so help me. <laughs> It's just like it's wild and it's so different and it delves more into like that mysticism and stuff which I feel like um, the early MCU especially shied away from and they're coming back to that a little bit more with like the Doctor Strange and stuff and I'd, I'd be really interested in seeing something like that. I talked about um, what I'd like to see at the panel that we did in uh, Greater Oaks. Um, I really want to see if they do introduce the X-Men and the Fox properties and things like that kind of like a reverse um, uh, House of M, where Scarlet Witch is doing something to somehow bring the X-Men, the Fantastic Four, into this universe. But I feel like if you are going to play with a huge, you know, with all of the Marvel franchise, with the exception of maybe, you know, Namor um, and the Sony properties, uh, that's a cool way to get them involved. Yeah, totally. I mean, uh, unless you're doing something where whoever, Thor or Hulk, whoever has the gauntlet and does the reverse snap, they snap too hard and get all those <laughs> Make the problem even worse. Right? <laughs> it's also, that's why it's like really weird that they just went ahead and did Civil War because there's like 15 people in the whole world who have superpowers. Yeah. Well, like, we'll, we'll see Civil War 2. Did anyone see the, uh, the picture of um, Spidey and Star-Lord talking and it's the comment from Infinity War? Uh, where he's saying he's kind of big and still, you know, and, and he's like, it never was Civil War II. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I think now because I think it's because of the merger, uh, the new Mutants movie is getting pushed back, uh, which I was like really excited about. So I know they'll never do it. But in, in my mind, this is what I'd like to happen. Because I do, um, I am very intrigued by the character of Ileana, uh, which is Colossus's little sister. And, and Magic, uh, you know, she is uh, kind of demon spawn-esque. Um, but I would love if they told a story about how she becomes Magic. Um, and specifically because it's also a, it's a storm story, and I'm still pissed that not that I, not that I, I didn't want Holly Berry to play Storm when this happened, but but now that we're kind of going into new territory, I would love to see Storm get recast as someone who I think can really carry the role, and for them to do like a Storm-focused movie because with her, there's a lot there and just a lot that does not get touched in the what three, three, four, whatever, however many movies she's in, yeah. um, and we don't really get to see who she is. So I think. If you don't know the story, it's it's based on a comic. It's called Storm and Ileana Magic, um, and it's like an alternate reality where well, it's two realities existing. In one reality, the X Men were killed, and Ileana was pulled into limbo, which is like the underworld. And then there's the X Men that weren't killed that are trying to get her back. Um, so it's this it's this it's really really cool, and basically. Um, well, I won't give it away in case you read it, but uh, but there, this, it's just like a really, really cool comic and I think would be, um, and it's still kind of 
like horror-ish because you're in this hell dimension and in the first uh, New Mutants movie is supposed to be more horror, which is based on the, I think the demon bear, which was one of their uh, first arcs, if not their first arc, um, as characters. And so that could kind of stick with like that kind of scary theme for those movies and also bringing Storm in and telling like this really kind of cool and complicated story. So that's very deep. They'll never do it. But in my mind, I would like to see it. <laughs> I, uh, I personally want to go and sh uh, shine some light on a character who is like left way behind, and that's Hawkeye. Yeah, like, I really think, that's the other thing, a Hawkeye and Hawkeye movie. And I, well, and I actually want to go a step further and say, give me a Hawkeye Netflix series. Um, there's, and I haven't read the, the story myself, but our buddy told us about it, and that Matt Fraction story just sounds amazing, where he's basically, he, he uh, is the landlord of this apartment complex, and there's a pizza dog, and... Uh, there's the, the, the story of him of him being a superhero and also like having a day job running a, a, an apartment complex just sounds so intriguing to me as a Netflix series. Um, and it's a character that I think, I don't know if you can make it work in a two hour, two and a half hour movie, but I think if you give that character 10 to 13 hours in an hour long series or even a half hour comedy or something like that on Netflix, I think it would work really, really well. That's, that's who I want. I want more Hawkeye. Um, so we have about 15 minutes left before uh, they're probably going to kick us out. So uh, Mike is going to be our, our mic person for anyone that wants to ask any questions about the MCU. If you want to, you know, we have a comic book store owner here, a comic book artist here, an author here, and a podcaster. So ask, ask away. I can put it right here. Yeah, I don't know if it will stretch all the way out there. So feel free, feel free to walk on up, ask your question. And uh, if you're asking a question, Mike's going to give you some random swag that we have. Yeah. This is a two-part question. Can you hear? Can everyone hear me here? Yeah. 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 Two-part. Deadpool, MCU or Fox? And second part, can we see Deadpool in MCU? Could, it, could we see that happen? I think that, um, and, and they've kind of answered this question if the merger goes through, where they'll kind of have this R-rated universe of the MCU uh, that that Deadpool and Ryan Reynolds will probably be part of. Um, and I think that's where he should go. And, and I think what they're even doing now with the character, we've seen all this marketing where he's basically putting himself or, or, or referencing the MCU is exactly what they should do with this character. Um, he'll, he'll be you know brought into the, the MCU-R field, but he'll totally make references to Thanos and Captain America, and he'll, he'll make reference to all these characters. I don't think you'll ever see him in an MCU film proper, and I don't think you'll see an MCU character in a Deadpool movie, um, unless they reboot that, that franchise. Thank you. Where I'm like, that's definitely the direction they're going. But I think they'd be wise to do it. 
Yeah, I, I think like I'd love to see something that happens between um, Infinity War one and two, like how the women of Wakanda are dealing without without their a king. king. Yeah, like Shuri stepping up and stuff like that would be really interesting to watch, but. Uh, I feel like they're kind of behind on stuff. I mean, people have been asking for like a Black Widow movie since like 2011, and they're just now like, oh, we'll give that to you after nobody really wants it anymore. <laughs> and, and, and to your point of Shuri, I mean, Shuri does at one time have the mantle of Black Panther. My only issue in the MCU is that she is so young. Um, uh, she was older when she takes it, so I don't know. It's the kind of thing of like, oh, I don't know if I want to see her with all that weight on her shoulders, because I think we lose some of like the fun that is Shuri, um, and I, I would like to keep, you know, that part of her character intact. But I mean, that's something I guess they could do. I doubt they, I doubt Nakia would take the mantle. So I don't know. I mean, Wakanda, I'm sure, is in shambles right now because of the events of any war. So thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite characters is the Silver Surfer. And I know with the merger, we might actually see the Silver Surfer movie. My question is like, what character would you like to see next? Like, you know, they brought in the Black Panther, like what Marvel character, even Fox character, would you like to see a solo movie that we haven't seen so far? Hmm. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, uh, there's so many. Um, I mean, I guess for me, and there's, I guess it's going to maybe come eventually, but Gambit, I feel like hasn't, you know, they've talked about that Gambit movie forever, um, and at this point, I think it just makes sense to wait to see what happens with Disney and Fox, um, and just bring it in under the MCU banner, but that's a character that, I understand why they didn't have him around at all, really, uh, because of the Cyclops Wolverine, you know, he's kind of like both characters. But I think it's time. Like in 2018, you know, we, we have all these different superheroes that are really kind of all alike anyway. So, again, it's the guy I want to see. Yeah, I mean, so, again, this will probably never happen. Uh, but I, <laughs> I really love Warpath. And so we see him for a hot second in Days of Future Past. And I remember when I saw the trailer for that, and I just saw the war paint, and I saw like two blades swinging around. I was like, "Oh my god!" And I almost like fell out of my chair. Um, and and if you if you're checking out the gifted, his brother is on that. John is on the gifted, and and John's really fun too. I feel like I'm cheating on James with John, but but I there's something about like uh, yeah, just about John. I don't know. And maybe if they wanted to do. So I don't think they'll really do that, but that'd be cool. But if they wanted to go like space, um, kind of space faring, especially since like pretty much all of the Guardians are gone except Rocket, and and honestly, that is a franchise I don't know who, if anybody, would come back if in the unsnapping. Um, <laughs> but they could definitely do um, they could do Corsair and the Star Jammers, which could be fun, and you know then you have like interesting characters like Hesaba. Um, which visually, I think she's just really interesting to look at. So, and that still connects them to Scott um, and I guess Havoc. The timeline is, got, is, I'm still kind of messed up, but yeah, but it still kind of connects them to that main X-Men universe too, which could be cool. Well, I love a Valkyrie solo movie. Um, if only like to figure out like, well, how is she right now? What's going on? Like, what's she doing? Um, Text. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd also love, um, I'd love to see like Clea become involved somehow, like Doctor Strange's like uh, pal from the um, Dark Dimension, I think. Um, I mean like, you know, everybody has like their wish list of like, you know, if Marvel just like, you know, gave me a comic book series to do, I'd want it to be like med student Doctor Strange learning magic from Clea and Long. <laughs> but like, yeah, I'd love to see her get involved. Uh, one of the cool things about Homecoming is that they took one of the least threatening villains in Spidey, Spidey's history, the Vulture, and made him like kind of like a badass. Uh, like, what minor villain in like all of Spidey's like history, out of all his rogues, like Miter, Mysterio, Swarm, any of them, would you like to see like really take the screen, like someone other than one of the more main names? I mean, I, this is easy. I wanted Mysterio forever. Yes. <laughs> uh, Bruce Campbell was supposed to play him uh, at some point, and that would be that's that's Mysterio hands down. 
Um, well, I mean, this is not a, a minor villain, but I really want a Carnage movie. Um, Carnage has always just been, you know, Venom's always first, and Venom's fine, but I, there is something about Carnage that just grabs me, and again, just visually, what that symbiote looks like, I, I would just love to see that on screen, so that's what I'd like to see for Spider-Man. I think I'd, I'd second Mysterio, actually. Like, the second you mentioned that, I was like, oh, yeah, I'd love to see that. Like, even just, you know, back to the, uh, like, first Spider-Man video game movie days. Yeah. Like, there's so much there. If I wasn't going to play with Mysterio, I'd want to see... They're talking about making... Well, I don't know if I'm like... Thank you. Um, I would hope that, uh, that if we couldn't play with Mysterio, and they're talking about making Spider-Man Homecoming 2, or whatever it's going to be called, um, kind of a globetrotting story. I would hope that we could see Craven. Oh, that's a good one too. That would be awesome. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, okay. So, uh, basically, this is more of a general question, but towards the end of Infinity War, like for a split second, Shuri took the plans from Vision off the table, and then Vision died like twice. But so, <laughs> after this unsnap. Do you think that uh, something could happen where, like, Vision, she finishes Vision, like, the time stone goes back to redo that, his, like, forehead getting blown out? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Like, what about Vision? What about Vision? Because yeah, well, he's a curious one, too, because he, he technically is before the snapping. Uh, is that what we're calling it? Snapping yes. and unsnapping? Yes. Um, so, you know, I, I feel like personally, um, for anything to mean anything in Affinity War, uh, the, the pre-snapping deaths, Gamora, um, Loki, Heimdall, and Vision, they need to stay dead. Um, uh, which which I, it stinks because I would love to see more of Vision. We didn't get much time with him. And this is the first movie that we've seen him in that I really cared about Vision and Scarlet Witch. I wanted more time with that couple. Um, I think he's gonna come back. I, I, I don't see a world where he doesn't because they have not used him. I don't know how, but I think he comes back. There is precedent in the comics for him to come back with his like white outfit. Mm -hmm. um, and we see in Infinity War, he kind of drains of color and everything. Shuri had, I mean, they wouldn't have shown Shuri working on the plans. And taking it away. Yeah, yeah so I think we're gonna lose a bit of what Vision was He'll come back in some shape or way where he's different. He doesn't have the same emotions or memories or something like that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so uh, I'd like to ask, what do you think is kind of gonna happen with Ant-Man and the Wasp being? It's gonna be during the events of Infinity War, and how do you think that's gonna tie into like Ant-Man, like everyone dusting away? How do you think that's gonna work with like all the Ant-Man characters? I actually have to admit, I can't answer that because I have not seen Ant-Man. <laughs> I just, that was just one of the ones that uh, kind of I didn't make time for. I probably will try to see Ant-Man and Wasp. Fun fact, I haven't seen Ant-Man either. <laughs> I want to. It's Has anyone seen it? <laughs> right, right, so we can talk about yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, I guess it like I guess that's something that Ant Man and Wasp is probably gonna deal. When is that even coming out? See, that's here's, want, right? Yeah, I have a theory about that. I, I think I had no idea it was that soon. Yeah, it's very soon. But and then we got nothing for like half yeah. a year. My theory is that Ant Man and the Wasp is gonna take place before Infinity War, and then the post credits is when we're gonna see the events of Infinity War play out. So that way they don't have to really worry about anything. Um, so that's that's what I think they're gonna do. Yeah, that is, like they're just doing this stuff in the middle of the world, falling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah. They're stuck in the quantum realm or something like that. Well, that's another thing I heard is that they could be in the quantum realm and then they come out post snapping. Um, so that, <laughs> or I think the the post credits will show maybe Ant Man or the Wasp, one of them or one of the side characters dusting away. Um, I think. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's so short. <laughs> What's up, guys? You're Ramon. Hey. So I guess my question goes primarily to the comic book expert in the middle, but to everyone in general, please feel free to chime in. 
So I feel that Captain Marvel has the potential to be transformative in terms of what's going to happen to the MCU. It's going to be our first movie with a female lead, and she has powers that are cosmic, along with day-to-day, everyday normal people concerns. Um, so I'm wondering what aspects you want to see and what elements of her personality and her character do you want to see go from the page onto the screen? Uh, well, for me, that's like a hard question. So, um, so Captain Marvel uh, as Carol Danvers, for me, because I'm a really big X-Men head, so my kind of relationship with Carol starts as Miss Marvel and, and basically her relationship with Mystique and Rogue. Um, so, I mean, we, in the comics, we see a lot of changes. Honestly, it's funny because I kind of wish she was going to be binary because I just, I really like the, the visual of binary, but I'm not a, I'm not a huge Carol fan. So for me, I'm just going to watch that movie and take it as is. And I've tried, like, when, um, uh, when uh, after uh, Civil War in the comics, and then uh, there's Mighty Avengers, which was Carol's book. I tried and I tried, but I just could not, I could not get into it. Um, I don't know. So I, I really have no, I'm just going to go see it. I'm sorry. Kamala <laughs> <laughs> Khan, though. She's really cool. Yeah, I know. I, I do know Kamala. Yes. They, they're, they're talking about um, potentially introducing her after Captain Marvel comes out. So she's at least on the docket that they've been thinking about it. So that would be super cool. Thank you. <laughs> First of all, I love your hair. Oh, thank you. Um, but if you guys could work on a comic book for any kind of Marvel character, MCU or not, which character would it be? Like to create? Yeah. Oh, man. Whew. This is a good question. I never thought about this. Uh, I think I would probably go um, Captain America. He's a, he's a character that I did not care for at all until Civil War and he died. Um, so much so that I got his, I got his shield tattoo. Um, and Ed, Ed Becker's run, uh, Baker's run on, on Cap was brilliant. Um, it's one of my favorites and I would definitely want to work with Cap, I think. I think I have two. <laughs> I'd love to do a Revengers book. Like, I'd love to literally just make Ragnarok into a comic and I think that would be a really fun way to do um, like since the MCU movies are adaptations, I think it would be fun to kind of switch it and do an adaptation of an MCU movie because like they're so different and the people behind them are so different. And apart from that, I'd love to do Teen X Men in the eighties. Like oh, basically, I, like like I wish Apocalypse would have been. <laughs> um, hmm. uh, I do feel like I'm always going to obscure. So, um, a teen. Um, a team that I always thought was really interesting was, uh, it was Ebru Baker, uh, Deadly Genesis. And so basically, this is like when we were finding out that the professor is not as great as we once thought. And so there is a team of X-Men uh, that he puts together to save the original X-Men from Krakoa before he puts together the team that Storm, Wolverine, Nightcrawler, Sunfire, all those guys. Um, before that team, there was another team, and it was four teenagers. And basically, they go on Krakoa. They're there too long. It takes them too long. The island learns their weaknesses, and it just um, destroys them. And that's uh, if you were reading like the whole Vulcan stuff, like the third Summer's brother, like all of that stuff comes out of that storyline. But I thought that was just a really um, interesting story. And again, these kids that just get for forgotten because Xavier actually wipes them from everybody's mind, even Moira's, if I'm not mistaken, because Mo Moira knew about the team. Um, so we got to go back and kind of explore them and give them, you know, some light in the sun, especially because they were like Xavier's first kind of like victims of the dream, you know, where he was kind of, you know, he's kind of making kids soldiers and sacrificing them for this, you know, greater idea, which I just think is a really interesting concept. And also, explores Xavier as this flawed character, which is also interesting to me. Awesome, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm sure they'll be able to make, are they making more movies uh, post-Infinity uh, War 2? Do you think it, uh, what, kind of, uh, what kind of ideas do you, would you like explore? Like, do you think, think uh, it would be back the way it was before, or do you think it would just be a total reboot? 
I don't think it's going to be a reboot. I think they're going to uh, continue on just in a whole new way. So, I mean, I, like a light reboot in the sense that you're not going to see many of the original characters. Um, but I think we're going to have our, you know, Spider-Man, you're going to have Doctor Strange, you're going to have um, Sam, you're going to have all these newer, less often looked at heroes be the, 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 the face of the MCU for the next 10 years. Thank you. Um, so in Captain Marvel, it was confirmed that uh, Phil Coulson would be returning again, and we know from the show, I love the show, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that he survived. So, like, given that um, at the end of Infinity War, Nick Fury and I think it was Maria Hill are gone, do you think it's possible that we'll ever see Phil Coulson again in any of these future movies? I don't, I don't think in the future movies. I think in, in Miss, uh, Captain Marvel, since it takes place in the 90s, I think it makes sense. Um, but they've been very clear that even though he's alive in the show, he's, he's kind of not part of the MCU anymore. It's getting tougher and tougher for them to pretend. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Okay, so I kind of have two questions because we just brought up Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, one, would you like to see Davey Johnson go into MCU? Yes. And two, talking about who could wield the Infinity Gauntlet, in one of the comics, I don't remember what it's called, um, it's Iron Man, and he actually wields it. Would you like to see that, possibly? I'm going to keep it simple, and I'll let them go off. Uh, yes and yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, as for the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. comment, I cannot comment on that, because I am not watching it. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, it's like, I have I, I don't have as much time as I, I like, and I, I will say, um, the one thing I did let myself fall into wholly and fully is the gifted, and I do not regret that. But I've heard really good things about Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., so I'm hoping he made time to binge it at some point. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, I think that would be cool. And again, as I said, I do think Tony, again, I think Tony is the key to all of this, and maybe the, you know that could be why. And I do think it will mean his ending, so I think that would make sense because he is still a mortal wielding the gauntlet, and even if he's able to do it, the fact that he would not get up from that makes sense. So I, I actually would really like to see that. I think that would, again, and also coming full circle because he's the one that gets this all started. Yeah. It would also, like, it would help with that thing of clearing those, like, main three out for, mm. like, the next people to sort of take up those mantles. Poor Hulk, man. Poor Hulk. <laughs> he doesn't have his own movie yet. <laughs> it's he like, got his distribution rights back, we start talking about him. <laughs> At least, like, he hasn't just been totally written out of the movies, like, Hawkeye. <laughs> Leave Hawkeye alone. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we'll make this the last question, yeah, because I think we have to get out of here soon. All right, so in the comics, you see a lot of people taking up the mantles of other heroes, like Sam Wilson becoming Captain America, Kamala Khan becoming Miss Marvel, um, and Riri Williams becoming Iron, the new kind of, like, Iron Man figure. Um, which one of those, or all of those adaptations would you like to see in the MCU? Uh, I personally want to see, uh, and this leads right into the, the um, Civil War uh, storyline in the comics, I want to see Winter Soldier, I want to see um, Sebastian Stan take the cap mantle first. I would love to see that progress to Sam, um, like it did in the comics, uh, but I, I, I fully expect Cap to die in the next movie. Uh, it's going to be sad, but it needs to happen, and... Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Bucky's going to take the shield, I think. And, and that's what we'll see Captain America 4 will really be the Winter Soldier storyline kind of deal with him as well. Yeah. Um, well, for me, I, I'd like to see the girls. I mean, uh, I, I love Bucky. But, um, but yeah, but it's like, again, it, for me, that's kind of more of the same, more of like the status quo, what we've been seeing. So I would love to see uh, Kamala Khan. I would love to see Ruby Williams. So that's you know, two young girls of color leading a film. I mean, which, you know, which we haven't seen. Again, we, we do get Black Panther, um, and but you didn't go see that movie for the women. You walked away from the movie talking about the women, but you didn't go for the women. It was still a male lead. So it would be awesome to see not only um, a POC lead, but also simultaneously a woman lead, because that we, you know, we haven't gotten. The only movie I can really think about that is Columbiana. I mean, now, you know, that's not MCU, but that's when I think about, like, are there any, like, black women and, and Proud Mary, but that's it. So for me, I would just love to see that. That'd be awesome. Thank you. Thank you.
I, um, I mean, we, we've talked at length about sort of how Hawkeye has become kind of a, a non-entity in the MCU, but I'd love to see him become more of a thing, if only, like, I'd also, uh, I'd kind of love to get him recast, too, if they ever did that, like, Hawkeye, like, Netflix series. Yeah, like, awesome. someone who's a little bit more of a Matt Fraction Hawkeye type, like, um, and then I'd love to see, um, what's her face? Uh, Kate take up the Hawkeye mantle. And I love also how they both kind of fight over it. He's like, I want my bow back. Like, <laughs> I, I love that sort of dynamic when the original person still hasn't really left and they're both just kind of there. Thank you. Thank you. All right, thank thank you. You. All right guys, uh, we are officially getting kicked out here. Thank you all. Thank you to my panelists here. Uh, and make sure you check us out on awesomepodcast.com. Amalgam Comics and Coffee House on Frankfurt Ave. What's your website? KateSheridanArt.com and com. Thanks, guys. We've been awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Court and Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Court and Parts shows, visit CourtEmpArts.com.